Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, and welcome to Sound Sleep. Thank you for coming back for another story. If this is your first time, allow me to let you know that there is this story and many, many others, including over 30 bonus episodes, all ad-free, available to you for only a dollar a week. All at the Sound Sleep premium feed. If that sounds interesting to you and you'd like to support this podcast, you can find more information at soundsleeppodcast.com or look for links in the show notes. In the meantime, I'm so happy to have you listening here on the ad-supported feed. This story today is quite unlike any I think that I've read before. I don't think that I've read a story with this theme, so I really do hope you enjoy it. Now, let's wind down, and then we'll get to The Lost Bell. stories to listen to and fall asleep with check out one of my favorites dreamful jordan has an amazing selection of the best stories and perfectly pairs them with music that she personally selects you'll be snoozing in no time to pride and prejudice the wonderful Wizard of Oz. Or you could easily get hooked on her 12-part Constellation series. Check out Dreamful wherever you listen to podcasts. your eyes and take a deep breath in, filling your lungs with air. As you exhale, release any tension or stress in your body. Take another deep breath in, 
as you exhale, visualize a bright blue sky above you. The sky is vast and endless, and the clouds are floating effortlessly through it. As you continue to breathe deeply, focus on the clouds above you. Notice their different shapes and sizes, and the way they seem to dance and change as they move through the sky. They are a reminder of the impermanence of all things and the constant flow of life. As you continue to watch the clouds, imagine that you can feel their peaceful energy washing over you. Allow yourself to be present in this moment, fully immersed in the beauty of the sky. Feel your body becoming heavier and more relaxed. As we begin our story, continue with a few more deep breaths, preparing your mind and body to be ready for a peaceful and sound sleep. shepherd's boy, belonging to Patzig, about half a mile from Bergen, where there are great numbers of underground people in the hills, found one morning a little silver bell on the green heath among the giant's graves, and fastened it on him. It happened to be the bell belonging to the cap of one of the little brown ones who had lost it while he was dancing, and did not immediately miss it or observe that it was no longer tinkling in his cap. He had gone down into the hill without his bell, and, having discovered his loss, was filled with melancholy. For the worst thing that can befall the underground people is to lose their cap or their shoes but even to lose the bell from their caps or the buckle from their belts is no trifle to them. Whoever loses his bell must pass some sleepless nights, for not a wink of sleep can he get till he has recovered it. The little fellow was in the greatest trouble and looked and searched about everywhere. But how could he learn who had the bell? For only on a very few days in the year may they come up to daylight, nor can they then appear in their true form. He had turned himself into every form of birds, beasts, and men, and he had sung and groaned and lamented about his bell. 
but not the slightest tidings or trace of tidings had he been able to get. Most unfortunately for him, the shepherd's boy had left Patsik that very day he found the bell. And he was now keeping sheep at Unric, near Gingst, so that it was not till many a day after, and then by mere chance, that the little underground fellow recovered his bell, and with it his peace of mind. He had thought it not unlikely that a raven, or a crow, or a jackdaw, or a magpie had found his bell, and from its thievish disposition which attracts it to about anything bright and shining, had carried it into its nest. With this thought he turned himself into a beautiful little bird, and searched all the nests in the island, and he'd sang before all kinds of birds to see if they had found what he had lost, and could restore to him his sleep. He had, however, been able to learn nothing from the birds. As he now, one evening, was flying over the waters of Roloff and the fields of Unric, the shepherd's boy, whose name was John Schmidtville, happened to be keeping his sheep there at the very time. Several of the sheep had bells about their necks, and they tinkled merrily when the boy's dog set them trotting. The little bird who was flying over them thought of his bell, and sang in a melancholy tone. Little bell, little bell, little ram as well, you two little sheep, if you my tingle to my sheeps so rich as you, my rest you keep. The boy looked up and listened to this strange song which came out of the sky, and saw the pretty bird which seemed to him still more strange. If one, said he to himself, had but that bird that's singing up there, so plain that one of us could hardly match him. What can he mean by that wonderful song? The whole of it is, it must be a feathered witch. My rams have only pinchbeck bells. He calls them rich cattle. But I have a silver bell, and he sings nothing about me. With these words, he began to fumble in his pocket, took out his bell, and rang it. The bird in the air instantly saw what it was, and rejoiced beyond measure. He vanished in a second, flew behind the nearest bush, alighted, and drew off his speckled feather dress and turned himself into an old woman dressed in tattered clothes. The old dame, well supplied with sighs and groans, tottered across the field to the shepherd boy who was still ringing his bell and wondering what was become of the beautiful bird. She cleared her throat and coughing bid him a kind good evening and asked him which was the way to Bergen. 
pretending then that she had just seen the little bell. She exclaimed, Well now, what a charming pretty little bell. Well, in all my life, I never beheld anything more beautiful. Hark ye, my son, will you sell me that bell? What may be the price of it? I have a little grandson at home, and such a nice plaything as it would make for him. No, replied the boy, quite short. The bell is not for sale. It is a bell that there is not such another bell in the whole world. I have only to give it a little tinkle, and my sheep run of themselves wherever I would have them go. And what a delightful sound it has. Only listen, mother, said he, ringing it. Is there any weariness in the world that can hold out against this bell? I can ring with it away the longest time, so that it will be gone in a second. The old woman thought to herself, We will see if he can hold out against bright shining money. And she took out no less than three silver dollars and offered them to him. But he still replied, No, I will not sell the bell. She then offered him five dollars. The bell is still mine, said he. She stretched out her hand full of dollars. He replied this third time, Gold is dirt and does not ring. The old dame then shifted her ground and turned the discourse another way. She grew mysterious and began to entice him by talking of secret arts and of charms by which his cattle might be made to thrive prodigiously, relating to him all kinds of wonders of them. It was then the young shepherd began to long, and he lent a willing ear to her tales. The end of the matter was that she said to him, Hark ye, my child, give me your bell and see. Here is a white stick for you, she said, taking out a little white stick, which had Adam and Eve very ingenuously cut upon it as they were feeding their flocks in the garden with the fattest sheep and lambs dancing before them. There too was the shepherd David as he stood up with his sling against the giant Goliath. I will give you, said the woman, this stick for the bell. As long as you drive the cattle with it, they will be sure to thrive. With this, you will become a rich shepherd. Your weathers will be always fat a month sooner than the weathers of other shepherds. And every one of your sheep will have two pounds of wool more than the others. And yet no one will ever be able to see it on them. The old woman handed him the stick. So mysterious was her gesture and so strange and bewitching her smile 
that the lad was at once in her power. He grasped eagerly the stick, gave her his hand and cried, Done, strike hands, the bell for the stick. Cheerfully, the old woman took the bell for the stick and departed like a light breeze over the field and the heath. He saw her vanish, and she seemed to float away before his eyes like a mist, and to go off with a slight whiz and whistle that made the shepherd's hair stand on end. The underground one, however, who in the shape of an old woman had wheeled him out of his bell, had not deceived him, for the underground people dare not lie, but must ever keep their word. A breach of it, being followed by their sudden change into the shape of toads, snakes, dunghill beetles, wolves and apes, forms in which they wander about, objects of fear and aversion, for a long course of years before they are freed. They have, therefore, naturally a great dread of lying. John Schmeichtevel gave close attention and made trial of his new shepherd's staff, and he soon found that the old woman had told him the truth for his flocks and his work, and all the labor of his hands, prospered with him. And he had wonderful luck, so that there was not a sheep owner or head shepherd, but was desirous of having him in his employment. It was not long, however, that he remained an underling. Before he was 18 years of age, he had got his own flocks. And in the course of a few years, was the richest sheep master in the whole island of Bergen. At last, he was able to buy a knight's estate for himself. And that estate was Grabitz, close by Rambin, which now belongs to the Lords of Sunday. My father knew him there, and how from a shepherd's boy he became a nobleman. He always conducted himself like a prudent, honest, and pious man, who had a good word for everyone. He brought up his sons like gentlemen, and his daughters like ladies, some of whom are still alive, and accounted people of great consequence. Well, Many people who hear such stories wish that they had met with such an adventure and had found a little silver bell which the underground people had lost. <laughs>